Welcome to Navigate with Faith. This is your girl, Sierra. And I'm Elisa. And uh, today, today, (laughs) like every other day, um, we're here with with our living room talk, some casual conversation, and um, I think it's much needed, honestly. What are we talking about, sis? (laughs) You know, um, what we finna talk about? (laughs) What we about to talk at? Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think. I really feel like maybe we should discuss, um, quote unquote, I'm spiritual. It doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. I think people don't want to be associated with religion Mm -hmm. in 2020. But Mm -hmm. we understand that the most important part of this is our relationship with Christ. And Mm -hmm. all that other stuff comes secondary. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. All right, girl. Dear Heavenly Father... Lord God, we want to thank you so much for another episode. Uh, Lord, we want to pray that whoever this message is for, Mm -hmm. it reaches them, it touches their heart, Lord God, and allows them to uh, open their eyes to your truth and what you are saying to them, Lord God. Lord, our purpose in all of this is to speak your heart Mm -hmm. and to present conversations, Father God, that need to be had. Lord, we want to give you all the glory. We ask that we decrease so that you can increase. In Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. My girl be praying, y'all. I be talking to the Lord. And while we're there, let's just make that clear that that's really all prayer is. Yeah. It's an adjective for a conversation between you and God. Right, it's just words to describe the conversation between you and God. We we're not talking about no big screaming up and down. It, it doesn't have to be prim and proper. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be articulate. You don't have to use all kind of words and synonyms. It's just straight up whatever it is that's on your heart. Yes. If you, however you are feeling in that moment, you know I'm not. However you feeling in that moment, right? Whether it be sober mind, unsober mind, happy, sad, you know, um, it's just it's just right there. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? You ain't got to be on your hands and knees and praying every time. You don't have to be, you know, uh, prostrate. You can pray in the car. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. You know, the little prayers throughout the day. Just saying the name Jesus, like, y'all, power, mm-hmm. okay? There is power. So It doesn't always have to be asking. It can just be, hey, you know what I tried today? What you tried? I said, Lord, how are you feeling? What'd he say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're probably going to take him some time to answer. <laughs> you, know, you know, he real strategic. He, yeah, he got to put the words, you know, the right words at the right time. But I just, I tried it today. You know, mm-hmm. I said, because I, we come to him all the time with how we feel. And yeah. this, that, and Lord, can you do this for me? Can you do that for right. me? And it's like, okay, but we've seen scriptures tell us that he gets angry or, you know, or he was joyful. Or, you know, he, you know what I mean? He was we see that he has emotions, though yes. he is a spirit. And I just wanted to ask, like, how are you feeling? You know, so. um, That's thoughtful. <laughs> I love you, Lord. <laughs> but, you ever see people acting up and be like, Lord, mm, what are we going to do about these humans? <laughs> Let's discuss this. Mm-hmm. I'm not with them. I'm not like these people. <laughs> he know. He, know. <laughs> he, he, has a, he has a clue. <laughs> I'm not like these people. So we before we broke for prayer, um, we were talking about the spiritual realm. And if that. I do some chuckling, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because it's it's a, and not to disrespect anybody's right. viewpoint. We understand right. that everybody in this day and age are searching. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone is searching. Um, they're they're looking for things to connect with, things that make sense to them. But I think that we tend to, in all of our searching, we tend to be drawn to things that are comfortable for us. In faith, nobody ever said faith is supposed to be comfortable. People That's try true. to look for theology or belief systems that fit the you know lifestyle they're already living mm-hmm. so that they don't have to give up anything they deem pleasurable or yeah. um anything that they they deem good for themselves mm-hmm. besides you know consequences aside um they look for a god that fits their lifestyle mm-hmm. versus fitting their lifestyle yeah. to god and so we see a, a number of things rise up i think even in the last 5 10 years we've seen terminology used specifically even mm-hmm. in the black community mm-hmm. Yeah, we never used to hear before. And um, and sometimes it just feels like people want everything but Christ. Like if it's just opposite or different, it seems like that's like the hot item that yeah. makes them feel more spiritual than the next or mm-hmm. woke or makes them feel like they're more knowledgeable yep, because they found, yeah, they found some other, you know, terminology or whatever. And to them, that makes them feel like they are getting somewhere. Ooh. Anything but Christianity. I was having a conversation and I was like, you know, all of this has derived from the fact that people just don't want to believe Christ. So we use Christ as a basis and then like tear it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of like what we want from it. But if you if you really have no regard for him, or mm-hmm. then why would he be your basis? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Explain what you mean by basis. So... Christianity is a worldwide, nationwide, globe-wide religion, right? The largest. Everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. Most of the jokes on TV come from people making mockery or, you know, yeah. foolishness about Christians. If you don't believe in it, if you don't really like it that much, if you don't like his teaching, why is it always why is it always like the topic of discussion? When things go wrong, the first thing people decide to do is blame Christians. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, oh, you said you was a Christian. Well, why are you doing it? It's like, but don't you worship somebody else? Like, what's the what's the problem? But what I was thinking about was Micah in this Bible here. Yeah. Is there anything in the Bible that tells us about stuff like this? Because we tend to think that everything is new age and mm-hmm. just, just came about. So (laughs) (laughs) nothing under the sun is new. Nothing. Sierra Um, actually put me onto this story. It was like, yeah, it was late. So I was like, oh, let me tell you. Oh, girl. She was like, hold on. Let me read it real quick. Let me tell you something about Sierra real quick. (laughs) Let me tell you something about Sierra. Sierra be like reading the books of the Bible that you never heard of. Not that you never, I mean, you should know what's in the Bible, but you know, the the stuff that's like wedged in between the stories that we know. She's like, what about that one? be like the most random story. I'm like, I didn't even know that was in there. She she reads the Bible for fun. It's such a blessing. She'd be like, you know, I was reading Obadiah the other day. She loved trying to tell I people lo- that. That is so funny to me because we were literally going to work out one day and uh, she was waiting on me to pull up. And she was like, oh, I'm fine. I was just sitting here uh, reading my reading Obadiah while I was waiting on you. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> who is Amos, this girl? It was Amos, but okay. So, oh, Amos. She was reading, right. I bet she read Obadiah, though. I bet she read Obadiah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I used to want to name my son that. But yeah, so she 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 really be, you know, looking for the stories that aren't mainstream. And this one she brought to my attention in Judges. Yeah. 
blew my mind because it was so relevant. And um, I'm telling y'all, this this word is good. It's alive. It's living. It's, it's alive. It is still so relevant, y'all. It is so relevant. So tell us about this story. Yeah. So um, in the book of Judges is when, you know, the Lord was just raising up people to save Israel because they kept just flipping out, doing whatever they wanted to do, and they needed a leader. At this time, Judges did not have a leader. And it mentioned uh, chapter 17 through 21 that they were just doing whatever they thought was right. It mentions mm. it several times. They thought they were doing what was right. So um, there was a Levite, you know, and I want to say he was homeless. The Bible says he was a wanderer, um, but I'm going to say he was homeless. Bible history is that we know that the Levites weren't granted any land, but that was because the Lord said, I will always be with you. Mm. So the Levite was traveling, looking for a place to live, and Micah, who had everything, right? He had just gave his his mama like 200 shekels of silver so that she can pay somebody to carve an image for him. Um, We've been taking care of moms. <laughs> you feel me? We've Shout been taking care of moms. Y'all take care of y'all mamas. So, but, y'all NBA um, players thought y'all was the first ones to buy moms a house. Mike is dropping some. On carved images. So, <laughs> so, so they had, he had a carved image and he had an ephod. I, I, I had the pronunciation, but I don't remember. But, um, Shrines, idols, mm. money. He had everything, right? And so uh, the Levite needed a place to stay. Mike was like, oh, okay, where you come from? He was like, oh, I'm a Levite. He was like, bingo, <laughs> I got action. Come on, can you be my priest, please? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. So the Levite like, yeah, sure. You know, he he just doing whatever to get some money because, you know, Micah said he would pay him. So um, he's in there. Now he's his priest. And a group of men come and they looking for some land. So they send spies out. To go and look at the land, they see that everything is everything is cool. They come back with the message. All of a sudden, a group of men just run off in Micah's house and take everything that he had. Micah had shrines. That's the, the tribe of Dan. You know, the Danites was the Danites the was Danites. in that thing. We gonna leave the Danites where they was at. Um, they swept straight through there. They didn't care about nothing. They did and took the priest, right? <laughs> but so, they took the priest, and then the priest was like, "What Thank you so. doing?" <laughs> so, so they like, when you rather be a priest to a whole a whole group of people versus just one? Like your duties are really going to waste. Like, come on over here with us. And he was like, "Oh, you know what?" Scripture says the Levite's heart was happy. Wow. Um, but nevertheless, they went in Micah's house and took all of his carved images. They took um all of his idols and you know they even they even took the man's shrine right so it's interesting to see that Micah went chasing after them and you know they like bro what are you doing like what what are, what are you so troubled about and he's like what you mean what I'm troubled about like you have taken all of my valuables like you you taken everything from me why would you ask me what am I troubled about you know what I'm troubled about they like listen dude you lucky we let you live just go on back to the house just leave it at that and Michael was like, you know what? This is not no fight. I'm just going to go back home, and I'm just going to go back home. The story goes on, you know, um, didn't have anything to do with Micah. But interestingly enough, Micah was not satisfied with his life being spared, right? All he was, he, he was about to risk his life chasing down idols and valuables. Interesting to me. Very interesting to me. It's valuables, quote unquote, right? This man had an ephod, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what the ephod is? What is the ephod? It was used in Exodus. The Lord had asked Moses to, or maybe it was Deuteronomy, but the Lord had asked Moses to make it for Aaron because Aaron was a priest. Mm-hmm. So it comes with like a breastplate. You wear over a, a, um, a tunic, but it's for the purpose of praying in the temple. 
Your boy was mixing religions. Mixing. <laughs> you mixing. Up. Do you know what a shrine is? Yeah. For, for, for those of you who don't know, you see shrines in like um, Buddhist, Cor- Buddhist culture, Buddhist, Korean yeah. cultures. It's the it has like two beams on the side and up at the top. It has two beams as well, bread or something like that. You didn't had a ephod, a shrine, carved images, and a priest, molded images, a priest, <laughs> a priest, and some money. You just was like, oh, I want. Let me get all that. Yeah. Really? Well, in the Life Application Bible, it says that Micah made idols and hired a priest to run his personal religion. His personal religion, y'all. He created his perfect And to be clear, an idol is anything that takes God's place in a person's life. That's why we say mm-hmm. idolatry is not just having a shrine in your house or mm-hmm. a little a little gold statue. It could be your job. It can be your partner. It can be your car. It can be your money. Mm-hmm. Anything that is more important to you than God is an idol. Social media. Social. Whoa. <laughs> your followers, okay? <laughs> so it's amazing to me that this man just wanted to feel like he was doing something spiritually. And it was empty. It It led to nothing. It was just his own personal religion with no... Can you imagine doing all of these rituals, praying, but there's no God on the other side of that? That blows my mind. But then it makes me think about a number of practices we've adopted Lately in 2020, I could speak on, like, I know every every culture probably has this, but mm. I'm black, and I've noticed that in our culture, yeah. I've seen a lot of my, you know, people in my generation grab things from so many different sources and put them together in an effort to say, oh, this is more closer to my roots than that. But some of the things that they've been grabbing at, I'm not trying to attack anyone, yeah, so I don't want to get into the details of it. Right. But I know for a fact they're mixing faiths and religions and, and uh, viewpoints because some of it is from Asian culture. Some of it is from, you know, African culture. Some of it, it's like, it, like there's so many different mixes of theology and practices terminology that don't really go together. Some of it is has roots in like voodoo. Some of it has roots in, you know, um, holistic healing. It's just kind of a mix of stuff. There's words that have been changed. Anything to not Mm -hmm. say God, Mm -hmm. anything to not say prayer, anything Anything to to not not say faith, anything to not say Jesus. There's (sighs) been terminology and there's, it's even been crazy because there's been a number of words that are biblical. Yeah. That are Christian-based words Mm -hmm. that they have taken and used for who knows what on the other side of that. But they're like using terminology that we use in our faith and are repurposing it. And now to the point you have to ask, y'all, we got to ask, okay, where is this power coming from? Or better yet, why did you choose that power? Right? Mm -hmm. What led you there? What what happened in your world? What kind of experiences did you have to that encouraged you to want to research something um, and go outside of your way? What made you want to adopt this new religion? Because this stuff is new. Wow. We this isn't something that it's new and custom. I mean, it's new and custom. I mean, you know, clearly it's not new in the world because we just saw here where Michael, you know, it was a part of Michael's life. But mm-hmm. I've heard some things. People are calling on people who aren't here. I mean, it's a lot. It's a it's a lot, you know. But it's complex. 
It is. You know what I mean? And so for someone who decides to do something so complex instead of doing something that we think is simple, right? We believe that Christianity is simple. And I do believe that, you know, people who uh, indulge in the Bible or, you know, or, or accept Christ on their own, right? I think you would know that it was simple. What would make you go from something so simple to something that was so complex? I really think it depends on how that person was introduced to Christianity. Because a mm-hmm. lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth mm-hmm. about the word Christian. Mm-hmm. I even know some Christians that don't even like to be called Christian. So now mm-hmm. in instead of marking on a page or on a site that they're Christian, they would say, I'm more spiritual because I don't really feel like I fit in with what I would consider to be Christians, you know, people view Christians as judgy, people view Christians as hypocritical, they view Christians as holier than thou. And so I think that the word Christian or the label has put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And it's very unfortunate. It's heartbreaking. Um, I think that as a believer, it's really tough, but we do understand that That is the whole reason why we are called to be good representatives of Christ. And when we recognize that our responsibility um, to represent Christ well is so huge because you could be turning someone off Mm. from him, from wanting to know him, from wanting to be around you, or wanting to be around his believers. You can turn people off completely. And I know Mm. that I had a few conversations recently Mm. um, with people who said that they were— um, not into organized religion. They said, well, I got a problem with Christianity. I said, I'm about 99% sure that if we looked at the root of your problem with Christianity, it would be about people and not about the character of Jesus. Mm, what is it? And that person said, oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, mm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And they absolutely said it was the people for me. Wow. It's the um, words that are used for me. It's the attitude for me. And when we see and understand that some people just can't get past, you, oh, it ain't about me though, but I'm not Jesus. So why are you so worried about what we're doing in the church? No, some people can't get past what you're saying to see mm. that God. Some people don't want to know your God because they're like, well, if you follow Christ and you acting like that, I darn for sure don't want him. Exactly. And that's when we realize we as believers, to the believers, we have a responsibility to act accordingly, you know, according to Jesus's character. We want to, we're here to be like him and let God do the rest with their hearts. But first and foremost, you should not be a stumbling block to your brother or sister. You should not be a stumbling block, but, you know, not to put the blame all on us because people have a number of things they need to, you know, see Christ for. But I think ultimately, you know, people don't really rock with us like that for um, some reasons that we can control um, within the body and how we present or, you know, how we present Christ, you know. And so it's heartbreaking, honestly. How do you feel about it? Yeah, um, I will say I personally— I had expectations for church people because I didn't grow up in the church. I came to Christ in college. It was something that, you know, I I did on my own. I remember being baptized at 16, and the pastor said that I would be a model. He said, you can be anything you want to be. You can be a model. And I thought that was so shallow. But had I took that, right, then that would have been my perception on the church and church people. He was a leader of a mega church. What I was saying was I came to Christ on my own, but that came from me seeing him move, me asking for things and, and they come, me having um, a kind of peace about my my lifestyle, um, 
because again, I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I, you know, I did. I, I come from an environment. Um, we call it the hood. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stand up, you're all, the, all the hood kids. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, it's hey, a, suburbia, <laughs> how's it going, y'all? You know, but but the poverty line, you know, is a is a, it'll be either you choose the enemy or you choose God, right? And it mm-hmm. takes a lot up out of you to make a decision to choose God when it would be easier to choose the enemy. You know, just even just as a child or a growing adult. But I think personally, I didn't believe that the lifestyle I was living that there was a better lifestyle, right? You know, I was content with smoking weed. I thought that was cool. I used to get high and go and pray. And I just thought, you know what I mean? No, but for real, I used to, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I would do it alone. I, you know what I mean? I would do it in a group, um, but I would still, I would do it alone. I was like, okay, well, this is cool. You know, God is cool with this. Or, you know, doing things that I just really didn't have any business doing because it satisfied me. And, you know, and we see that now. You know, we mentioned the other day that we live in a world in which all things are permissible. So if I can live the kind of lifestyle that makes me happy and pick and choose things, wow. then I'll be cool. And But that's not, that's not at all it. I remember meditating. I'm like, you know, it wasn't. I was, I you remember. You can meditate in, in Christ, just meditate on God's word. Well, I, I was, I don't, I don't think that was the right attitude. I was trying to, I just remember <laughs> having a conversation with God. I was writing in my journal, I was doing something, and I was trying to remember what my life was like before I came to Christ. And I came there and I came to the conclusion, I said, well, I was living a life that I enjoyed, and I didn't think that life got any better than what it was that I was already doing until I came and I found Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, Sometimes I do the same activities, but it doesn't feel the same. So by the time it's over, I, I'm convicted. I wish I wouldn't have done that. It just seemed like it's a it's a better life over here, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have known that had I not tried this life. So you're still smoking weed and praying? I'm absolutely not. I, I, <laughs> I'm not smoking weed and praying. I'm praying, but I'm not smoking weed. I've given up weed a long time ago. But... um. I still have a drink sometimes. I mm-hmm. may drink on occasions. I, one, one time I had a drink and I felt really bad. And I was like, Lord, I just, I think you just take alcohol out of my life. I just all together. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, mm. <laughs> I think you tripping. But um, no, he didn't say that. But I guess I'm just saying, like, I still may have a drink. I still may go out. You know, mm-hmm. I still may, you know, go on a date. Yeah, you know, I might hit the club. <laughs> None of that is together. a sin. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess. But I think that people think that. They do. So they don't cross t- over because it's like, I am not finna stop um, smoking weed and turning up, you know, before no, for no God. And it's just like, Jesus hung with the worst of them. Like, he went out there just picking all the most precious people. He chose people who were really hurt to save them from going out and seeking something else because it was easy. You know, in Judges, that was the point where in which they were just doing things on their own judgment. They didn't have no guidance. They was doing what they thought was right. And we see what it's like when we do things based on what we think is right. Wow. When we use our own judgment instead of being or instead of following the Spirit. So, yeah, we are spiritual because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us. He's our helper. Jesus died and left him so that he could help us. And if we tap into that Spirit, then I think that we would find that the expectations come up off them Christian people. Mm. Because expecting things from Christian people or people just in general, it leaves you hurt. I've been one of them places. I have been a child full of expectations and not saying that, oh, you just shouldn't expect things. Expect God to do stuff because he will. And we know that he's a promise keeper is in all these pages, right? But putting expectations on man, it will leave you disappointed. I think sometimes we forget that the church is a hospital. 
right? That's good. It's a spiritual hospital. And everybody's at different places in their yeah. walk. Mm-hmm. Just because you run up on somebody who's in their 60s <laughs> and they've been going to church forever, they could still be on spiritual baby food. And now that person who is 60-something that you expect so much out of says something. Let's say they walking in their flesh today they or they say something off, you know— um, spiritually off or just rude or just, you know, playing out wrong. And now you like, oh man, these Christians are doing that. Mm -hmm. Understand that when you're in the church, yes, I think that we should hold ourselves to a higher standard to treat people better, to act better. But I also recognize that people are growing at their own pace in in many different areas. Mm -hmm. And when we remember that Today, you could be 21 and you could be on a spiritual level that you could be on level 28. You know what I mean? And you talking to someone who's twice your age who's still on level two. Understand that ultimately when we are in the church, when we're in fellowship, we are there to be in the presence of the Lord. But we are all in our own spiritual journeys. And so to put more weight or to separate yourself from Christ based on the comment or the attitude of someone who you can't measure from your human eye Mm. spiritually, I think that can definitely put you in a situation where you will want to remove yourself from the Christian faith altogether. And we all have to deal with that. But then when we realize, wait, I'm here for Christ. What y'all not going to do is have the power to keep me from Christ. And so— You had said something earlier in regards to expectations and boundaries and restrictions and your convictions. And Mm -hmm. I think that some people, to your point, they want to believe in something that's going to allow them their pleasures. They believe that, and this is just based on what I heard. I'm not trying to speak for people who aren't believers, but I've heard a number of people view what we view as love and boundaries. Mm -hmm. They view as restrictions. And I give this example all the time. Mm -hmm. I went on a trip uh, one time with my school in high school. Mm-hmm. And when we got to, we went to Phoenix, Arizona and for a journalism convic- convention. Conviction. <laughs> <laughs> we went for a journalism convention and when we got to the hotel, our two teachers disappeared. They went out for drinks. They left us there. They didn't care if we ate. They didn't care if we got mm-hmm. settled in. They just was like, all right, y'all here. Okay, bye. Y'all ain't my kids. Right. And I remember I was 15 and I did not feel loved. I, I did not feel like they didn't care if we they didn't know if we was going to take a wild, you know, trip Fall out on the, on the street, <laughs> go to the Grand Cave. <laughs> they didn't know what we were doing that night and they didn't ask. We didn't see him again till the next day. Mm-hmm. And that did not make me feel loved to have no boundaries, to have no, you wow. know, not have to answer to anybody. That didn't mm-hmm. make me feel loved. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, if I'm staying with my parents and I'm out at four in the morning and, you know, they're calling me, hey, uh, where you at? Because we're worried about you. We want to know that you're safe. Absolutely. That makes me feel loved. Absolutely. And so sometimes, you know, people view freedom or lack of rules as, oh, that's what I want. But you tend to feel more loved when somebody says, wait a second, hold on. No, you can't be out till whatever time because yeah. I want to know that you're safe. Why? Because I love you. Wow. And so I think that there are times where when we are viewing it from a worldly perspective, Mm. God telling us, hey, I I prefer if you didn't 
have premarital sex. Hey, I prefer if you didn't get drunk with wine, Mm. drunk with wine, which is gluttonous, which means that you no longer have full control or capabilities over your decisions, which means that you can fall into sin much easier. Mm. All of these are from point A to point B things. You know what I mean? It's not just, oh, you're wrong. Oh, you're wrong. Oh, you're wrong. Jesus and God God is telling us these things to caution you, Mm. to keep you from your own demise. This is wisdom. You know, this is wisdom. There's things he's trying to help you to avoid. And it's not that it's a restriction, but it's a boundary. It's a standard that you can use and to encourage you to, you know, make better decisions that are going to affect you further down the line, you know, and and he knows where that gate is. He knows, just like they said, a shepherd, you know, a shepherd keeps up with each sheep. He will leave the 99 to find that one. Mm -hmm. He cares about each and every one of us. And so I think that ultimately it's unfortunate that people tend to view this faith through the eyes of whoever taught it to them sometimes. I do recognize that there's a lot of people who have been taught fire and brimstone. They've been taught it's all about keeping you from hell. And the thing is, and I've heard this um, recently, all it takes is somebody doing something one time and not dying to be like, man, them people was tripping. You know, fear can't keep you in line. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of people who've been taught the Christian faith from a fear perspective. Mm. Oh, I don't want to go to hell. They had sex. Nothing happened. They didn't get nobody pregnant. They didn't get no STD. Now they're sitting there like, that was my fear was keeping me from doing that. Not my love for Christ. I was taught that I was going to be going, you know, to hell or my life was going to turn to shambles if I sin. Mm. Well, I sinned. Nothing happened. And I enjoyed it. Now what? You know? And so I think that, you know, we have to recognize that there are some people who are turned off because of how they received the word, you know, yeah. it's tough when, you know, your missionary is your oppressor, mm. you know, it's tough when somebody brings you the word, but they're only viewing, they're only bringing it to you through the eyes of consequences. Yeah. These are the consequences if you've disobeyed. These are consequences. And so this is where we have to realize we have to learn God's character for ourselves. We have to learn Jesus's character, you know, for ourselves. And to mm-hmm. your point, Jesus did intermingle with many people of many different backgrounds. Yep. You know, there's even a portion of the Bible where they talk about if you get saved, you don't have to double back and redo all these religious practices. Right. Um, just, be, you know, and make up for all that stuff. They said, start where you are, you know. Yep. Um Come as you are, you right? You don't mm-hmm. double back and then go and this is just in the Jewish faith. You don't go and get recircumcised. You don't get recircumcised. Right. Get circumcised. You know, you you start where you are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and those practices are secondary. Religious practices mm-hmm. are secondary to your relationship with Christ. And most of it is culture. You know what I wow. mean? That's just, yeah. And if you are rooted in culture, it's not going to be, it's not that much coming up out of that because it's, it's a way of life. It's your way of life. It's what you was taught. You weren't taught to challenge it. Mm-hmm. You you said something about fear. And it's interesting to me because to me, fear is synonymous with respect. So when we say I have the fear of the Lord, it's because I respect him. And if he tells me not to do something, I'm not going to do it because then that would show that I think I know better than him. I ain't got no respect for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm just going to go, oh, I mean, we saw that where I kept thinking about the serpent and Eve. God told you something and it wasn't to scare you. It was he was straight up. Do not eat that. That is the way to death. And like you said, it's a path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm telling you not to do that because then you're going to open your eyes. You're going to see so much more. You're going to want to do this. You're going to want to do that. I'm trying to save you. But I, he, he got. And I don't need to elaborate. I'm telling you not to do something. Respect what I said, and then that's that. So, but when the enemy came into her and was like, okay, well, you, girl, die. He tripping. You're not going to die. Girl, bite this apple. 
Really and did she die? No, she not didn't physically. Die. She received some turmoil. Yes. Her children, her child was envious. You know what I mean? She the reason why it hurt a uh, couple month. days out of the month. You know what I <laughs> mean? You know, it just was because, listen, okay. You, you, <laughs> so, I'm going to take it there. But to me, fear is to respect. Yeah. And I just think that there is just a lack of respect just in general, all around the board. We just don't have no respect. Yeah. And that's that's the number one thing, to love and to respect one another. And we don't. You said something really powerful that... I started thinking about... I saw your finger. I'm like, let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, you know what? Idea. Um, No, you know, one thing that we recognize with Adam and Eve, right? Mm. Adam was the one who was told not to eat of the tree of knowledge. Mm. And he reiterated that. He passed that message to Eve. Mm. So when the serpent came and questioned, did did God say that? Mm. Because she she reiterated it in a way. She said, we can't touch the tree. Mm. God told them they couldn't eat of the tree. Mm-hmm. She took it and said, well, God said we can't touch it. And so the enemy was then able to get into her mind. Did he say that? Put a pinky on this tree. Not touched it. <laughs> Nothing mm-hmm. happened. You sure he said you can't touch it? You know, and but she didn't know. Because why? She didn't She didn't think, hold on, let me double check. Lord, you know, <laughs> why didn't she double check and ask? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that is a testament to... As we're speaking on a number of practices and spirituality and some of the things that have come up recently Mm. in terms of the terminology that's being used, some of the concepts that are being used, us as believers, we have to really be careful as well because I've heard people adopt some of these words, adopt some of these terminologies Mm -hmm. and mix it. And I know that they're Christians, but they'll mix those terminologies as well. And I think that that is deceiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we have to be mindful and careful that you are not believing something or adopting it and, 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 and you know, incorporating these things without stopping and saying, God, wait, hold on, Lord, is this, is this okay? Wait, hold on, does this go against you? Because, you know, that could be dangerous. That can be really dangerous. This, you know, kind of mix and match, custom goodie bag of spiritual terms and things of that nature. It can truly be dangerous because Mm -hmm. we can find ourselves reiterating the way that Eve was reiterating the wrong thing. And then when questioned, had no answer or didn't really, couldn't really accurately speak to what the serpent was saying. Oh, did he say that? Oh, I I don't know. I think. Listen. <laughs> you know, how many times people do do people who are adopting these things now, oh well, is did God say that you are allowed to do that? Is that is that what where is that rooted in? Mm. Is that a Christian like uh, mm, I don't know. You know Dangerous. No Dangerous. Yeah, I do that's good, you know, and I I was I started to think about there are a group of people who will challenge what you believe. Absolutely. And if you do not know what you're talking about and what they are saying, um they got the right words and making points and it's and it's shutting you up. Nine times out of ten, you might go over there. You know, mm. you've you've just been recruited. Welcome. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so, but before your safety, learn it for yourself. If I had believed the same way um, that maybe an elder would believe, then I probably too would try something else. Mm. I think you know we we know a lot of our generation was raised by their grandparents, right? And we know that older people are very respectful people. They were taught something. That's just what it is. They didn't challenge the things that we do. They weren't just researching. Let me. I don't believe him. I ain't like what that sounded like. They knew one thing, and that's how. And that's what they stood by. So that's what they taught you. They taught you what they were taught. But because we are so inquisitive. 
sometimes it just didn't make sense to us. Wow. We just don't. I just don't want to do that. So let me go and find another religion or, uh, you know, another something else that will let me do what it is that I want to do. And um, it's just a different world. It's a different time. You know what I mean? It's a different time. And I do think that we should take the time out, you know, just as much energy or just as much research as we put into the the new things we should put it into the old things because it's no coincidence that Christianity is the largest religion worldwide. Everybody yeah. know, everybody know about Jesus. Whether yeah. you believe it or not, everybody know about Jesus. There's not a person who can call on Jesus. They be like, who? Yeah, no, my boy, <laughs> popular, popular, <laughs> popular. You know what I mean? But I wonder if anybody has ever stopped to think, well, why is that? Mm. You know, once you read about Jesus, he really want a bad dude. There's nothing you—he is honestly just an undeniably good person. I mean, I don't he think really there's was. anything controversial that he has done. He was very loving. He was very kind. He was very considerate. Jesus is a gentleman, and and God is is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on you. He's given us free will even now. So we have to, as believers, have to respect the belief systems of other people mm-hmm. because God doesn't, doesn't force us to worship him. So we can't force you to come over here. You know, um, that's a hard thing. God will work on your heart. You know, we've met a couple of people recently who— who um they had Christ in their heart. They really did. It was it was they had kind of put a bunch of junk over it, you know, over the years. It hadn't mm-hmm. been watered, you know, mm-hmm. that part of their garden hadn't been watered. And when we started speaking and d- discussing these things, the word that was hidden in their heart leaped out. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, because you know, I know that it says da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And we like if, it, boy, <laughs> if you don't you really playing. hit his word in your heart right but you weren't watering that so then when right. we have conversations you know what I mean I know people say that religion and politics you shouldn't talk about it but you'd be surprised at the people who are like rejuvenated when they realize I don't have to be spiritual around you I can be faithful you know yeah. I can say the name of Jesus and I'm so busy trying to be you know cool, calm, and collected and in general with most other people. Mm-hmm. But now that we speak in specifics, man, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do love that dude. Right. Yes, I do know about God. Right. Let me tell you something. You mentioned something about make sure you're not putting more work into understanding everybody else's stuff more than yours, mm-hmm. right? Um, my dad always says this to me. He's like, do you know how they train people on how to spot a counterfeit? You study the real thing. You don't study the counterfeit. My boy Wired, boy. Shout out to Big B. (laughs) (laughs) You study the real thing. That's how they teach. He used to work in the bank. That's how they teach people to recognize counterfeit money is you have to study the real thing. Mm. And that's ultimately, I think a lot of people are afraid to learn information about other faiths. They are afraid to get in these conversations because nobody, we know that in these conversations, the person who knows more information wins, right? Right. Um, Once you hit a a question that you can't answer, now that other person is ding, 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 the winner. And so, you know, us as believers, it is okay. You need to understand these other worldviews so that when you have these conversations, not only does do you go back to your word and you remember, no, this is, I really, I'm really solid in God's word. I yeah. really love God's word. I know yeah. what you're talking about over there. I'm not following Jesus out of an ignorance. I'm right. following Jesus because this is my choice. I know what you believe. I don't choose that. I know that theology. I know that worldview. I know that school of thought. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't choose that. And yeah. I know why I don't choose that because I, I have all the knowledge you know, the general knowledge about which I believe, but yet I know 
the real thing. And nobody can come to you and tell you what your word says. Because why? With a counterfeit, right? Mm. Or with a change or with a twisting of God's word because mm. you've studied the real thing. Yes. And so that is so, so, so important. You know, I do think you should educate yourself so you're not speaking out of ignorance or closed-mindedness. But you know, make sure that you are studying the real thing, believers. Amen. I, you know, in college, I chose to take a humanity class. It won't mandatory. I, I chose it. And, you know, as, as we talk about the development of humans, we also talked about the religions. And we had to go out on a limb and study a religion that that's not your own. And um, I went, you know, and was sitting in synagogues and, you know, recording stuff. You know, I, I really did take the time out. Not that I was... Not because I was thinking about converting, mm-hmm. but because, like you said, that is important. I've had to take um, literature classes, you know, that expound upon, you know, other other religions. And not because I was curious, but because you're right. I want to be able to defend Christ wholeheartedly because I love him. When you love something enough, you defend it. And, you know, and it's not to tear anybody down, but it's because you respect him mm-hmm. out of fear of, you know, for for him. And he'll do the same for you. Do we for a second think that the Lord isn't defending us? You know, when him when him and the enemy are going back and forth about what you should do with no, he 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 would defend you. Right. And you know, and it mentions the word mentions these battles that we fight in are not flesh battles, but it's spiritual and principalities. Yeah. And when you think of spirits, it's so much stuff that when we're not praying to God or when we're sitting around and we're, you know, when you talked about earlier about where is that power coming from, it's another spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's and it's dangerous. And that's not a battle that we will win because we we have the Holy Spirit within us. But most of us is flesh, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I don't know. I just choose the Holy Spirit every time. And, you know, I guess why I got the mic. I genuinely, wholeheartedly really do want to apologize to everybody who has been hurt by people who have labeled themselves as Christians. Um, I don't know that we have treated people in a Christ-like manner. You know, I don't even know that um, all of us, you know, know Christ the way in which we should have and which has caused us to treat you uh, like you aren't loved, but you are. You know, you've yes. made decisions. You chose, you know, because God gave you a choice. But let me tell you something. I always imagine Jesus at the front door just knocking. And we like, who is it? He ain't saying nothing. He knocking. Who is it? He ain't saying nothing. We go look at the people. Oh, y'all, they go, Jesus. Are you going to open the door? Mm-hmm. He's always there. He's always there. He's always presenting himself for opportunity. And it's not just, you know, for when things are going well, but Jesus is always there. Yeah. If you look hard enough, you, you'll see him. And he promised to reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. You know, seeking you shall find, you know. And that is so solid. That is so solid. That's so important. And the reality of it is Jesus died for all of us, Mm -hmm. the believer and the non-believer. You know, he's already chosen you, but he is not going to force himself on you. You know, he he's he allows you to draw nearer to him and, and he's ready and willing to talk to you and to reveal himself to you whenever you make that decision on him, but he's not going to force himself on you. And so therefore, when someone of the Christian faith is trying to force him on you, you can stay, you can rest assured that is not a reflection of Jesus's character. Mm. You know, um, I think it's really important for us to recognize that I think people tend to be feel safe by saying that they love God, but people tend to have issues with the Jesus thing. I just want to be clear that Jesus is the key. He is the key to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. God is in a lot of beliefs and a lot of belief systems. 
And so I encourage those who do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, um, say his name. The power is in the name mm, of Jesus. Mm. You know, um, people say God first and God this and God that. Well, God is the easy part, right? Mm. We, we we can't put um, any—it's hard for us to describe or try to figure out how this earth came to be. So God is, tends to be the, the you know, just big bucket we put all the undescri- indescribable things on. And not to say God is not important because God is extremely important. Jesus is a part of the triune God. Mm. Um, but that is the part to salvation that you do have to wrap your head around and believe. It's not just a storybook. This Bible is not just a storybook. Jesus has a family tree, okay? We can, mm-hmm. you know, he's from an area. He he walked amongst us. And so I just think that if anybody out there is struggling to wrap their head around the Jesus part, they're like, oh, I got God. Oh, God, God, that's my dude. Oh, but Jesus, I don't know. You need to understand the gravity of rejecting Jesus in this in this hour. It is so detrimental. So I just ask that you guys pray and think um, through that part of it um, because it's it's really, 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 really important. And I don't think that, you know, that's said often enough. So please remember that in, you know, in our Christian faith, Christ, the Christ, the Messiah, you know, that is the important part for us. So I just think ultimately when we're talking about being spiritual, but afraid to say Christian or Christ, you know, that's that's scary to me for people um, to kind of live in that that lukewarm area, that comfort space between the life that they know in the life that they could have. And it's in Christ, he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. Um, and Sierra, you mentioned being afraid or not w- knowing if you could have f- as much fun as a Christian. But one thing we recognize is, you know, when she mentioned taking a drink and wondering, oh, do I even want this? Your taste buds change mm-hmm. when you get closer to Christ. So we're not all sitting around here scared to drink, you know, or scared to smoke. It's not that. It's you, But you will notice that desires, some of those desires that you know can lead to sin you tend to you tend to just it, those desires fall off of you it, it comes it comes with that so I would say have grace with yourself you know what I mean in your journey but chase Jesus and he will chase you back he already has chosen you and so when we deal with the spirituality versus Christianity when we deal with religious versus you know relationship um understand that the key and the most important part of this is Jesus Christ and he's always going to be there ready to accept you wholeheartedly but you don't know how much time you have to do that amen well I'm Sierra and I'm Lisa and this is how you navigate, navigate with faith, faith. Thank you for listening to the Navigate with Faith podcast. Special thank you to Dante Hodge, our executive producer and editor. And thank you to the Pigment Playground for designing our show artwork and graphics. Music by Turn Me Up J-Cav. This episode was recorded at Listen Up Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Be sure to subscribe to the Navigate with Faith podcast on your favorite platform and follow us on social media at Navigate with Faith on Instagram and Facebook and Navigate W Faith on Twitter.